What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Like the Oakland A's? Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friend, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake. Silva, brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome here on a Tuesday night in the Vegas Valley. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however you may be watching and listening today. We are live on all platforms, Facebook Live, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Periscope, and also on Twitch. Like me and follow me on all social media platforms. And of course, um, like, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all latest notifications of, of course, future episodes, past episodes, and so much more on the one place that's got you covered on all sports. That is the Snake Sports Talk Show. Welcome, guys. I've got a lot to talk about all throughout this week and what a week 13 it has been. Um, but I just want to start out by saying this. There is a lot of stuff that's on my mind. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about that game between the Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh all throughout the year. 11-0. They seem like the big bad team. They got Big Ben. You got... All sorts of weapons around. Chase, Chase Claypool, by the way, is a really, really good wide receiver. And it's no surprise. Pittsburgh has always drafted a lot of wide receivers who have been talented, Hall of Famers, so much more. I mean, it dates all the way back to Lynn Swan, Stallworth, um, Heinz Ward, Antonio Holmes, so much. So there's no biggie there when it comes to their offensive weaponry. And the defense, by the way, really good. TJ Watt. Absolutely a home run. They trade for Mink, for Minka Fitzpatrick. They get Joe Hayden. It seems like this team's legit. It seems like this team is very much going to roll, like steamroll the season, make it into the playoffs and everything else. Well, they are a playoff team, but up to this point, I don't even know if this is kind of an intimidating team. Listen. Remember years ago when the, well, last year, the New England Patriots, they won a ton of games, but they didn't play like themselves. Pittsburgh this year, the first eight games of the season seemed very interesting. They seemed very interesting. They were beating everybody down. They were embarrassing the, the, um, the Ravens, uh, the Browns, 
we're not even going to get into to Cincinnati, but they were beating some teams. Then you look at the last couple of games in their schedule. Because I'm looking at Pittsburgh's schedule as of throughout this year. Because the only thing I'm going to find is I'm going to end up finding the woes right now of what seems to be happening in Pittsburgh. Because last night, they 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 ended up losing big time. But these were their wins in the beginning of those eight games. They beat the Giants. They beat the Broncos. They beat Texans, the Eagles, the Browns, Tennessee, Baltimore, Dallas, um, uh, Cincinnati. And then it goes all the way on to Jacksonville and Baltimore. And then to this point where they lost to Washington. So these were the last couple of games. Okay. They beat Baltimore on a close game, by the way. Most of their games, they only had one or two steamrolls. That's it. Cincinnati and Cleveland. Are we even sure that they are that competitive of a team despite their record at 11 and 1? We saw this last year with the New England Patriots. They played like a competitive team, but they were not actually top to bottom a competitive team. Granted, Pittsburgh lost. Pittsburgh absolutely lost Bud Dupree. They lost Devin Bush. And I'm not sure what the status is with Joe Hayden, but they don't look that intimidating of a team. If you think about it, they start the season against the Giants. Oh, no, the Giants defense got better. They got better. They're looking competitive. And I guarantee you that if Pittsburgh's facing the Giants again, Joe Judge is not to be toyed with. But these last couple of games, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and Baltimore, you had Jacksonville who was on a backup quarterback. You had the Cowboys who were on a backup quarterback. And you had Baltimore who was on a, on a backup quarterback. Not that impressive. And Dallas, we already know, has a lot of woes. And Dallas, they're going through a season of their own. But yet the score was 24-19. What does that tell you about Pittsburgh? It tells you a lot about some of the gaps that Pittsburgh may have in their game. I guarantee you because, listen, next week they're playing Buffalo. You really think they're going to end up playing Buffalo like that? I don't think so. Buffalo got better than people thought. They got better. Because the last remaining games on the schedule, you got Buffalo, you got Cincinnati, you got Indianapolis, and you got Cleveland. And I guarantee you, you probably might win two of those games. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as they come. Because Buffalo... They're fresh off of a huge win against San Francisco and Josh Allen, and I'll get to him in a second, but he played his, he played his tail off. You got Indianapolis with one of the best defenses in the NFL and you got Cleveland. Who's finally having a winning season. It's not going to be that easy of a, of a road for Pittsburgh and December and January are the most important months when it comes to the NFL especially when it separates you from the regular season to the playoffs. 
Because at that point, you are ready, you're tightened up, you know what your identity is, and now you got to end up taking the field. That's the way it runs here in the NFL. And listen, Pittsburgh, they're a good team. But after these last couple of weeks and the performances, I'm not that impressed. And it got all the way up to the point where Ron Rivera, by the way, a defensive-minded coach, and Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, took it to Big Ben and took it to the rest of the Pittsburgh offense. I mean, I'm just telling you right now, Washington needed something this year. And I'm excited to see what their future is going to be. I mean, they were dealing with allegations within the the organization that was behind owner Dan Snyder's back. They had to deal with the name change. They're not sold on their quarterback, on Dwayne Haskins. They needed something. Then in comes Ron Rivera. A defensive-minded coach comes out of Carolina, which, you know, they parted ways. They parted ways respectfully, but you kind of knew he was kind of done with Carolina. Like, that's the end of it. But then, of course, has Jack Del Rio, a well-respected coordinator and coach. Very defensive-minded and a former player, too. And he's really, really good. And the way that they set this defense up, because they got Chase Young, they got Montez Sweat, they got John Bostic. Bostic, by the way, former Steeler, he goes there to Washington. And he's playing well. And then you got Fuller, one of the uh, one of the defensive backs. This team set in stone is going to be very, very good. This team is going to be very good. They're going to be very competitive because right now the Giants and Washington is going to be very competitive for the next couple of years in that NFC East. For as terrible as it is, the Eagles, their wheels are blown off. Dallas right now is terrible. So it's unfortunate right now with Pittsburgh. And I do think they're they're a good team. But they need more juice than that. Because if you really think Pittsburgh is going to steamroll to the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl, you're out of your mind. After these last couple of weeks, and then not to mention despite the loss, I don't think Pittsburgh is really that intimidating of a team. I really don't. Uh, All right, so let me just talk about this here real quick. Because... I was very impressed with Monday night's performance right after the Pittsburgh upset. Uh, That was Buffalo and San Francisco. Let me just take a second and let's just kind of go through Buffalo here. Buffalo has had a series of dysfunction. I mean, you have to think about it. And in the AFC East, where you had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the same division, New England, they're dominant for 20 years, caused a lot of dysfunction for all the teams within the division. That was Buffalo. That was the Jets. That was Miami. Buffalo went through a series of dysfunctions. In the the late 80s, early 90s, they were a very competitive team. You're talking about Jim Kelly. You're talking about Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, 
Thur- Thurman Thomas. They had an awful lot of really good talent in Buffalo. And even Frank Reich, who's the current coordinator, who, who is the current head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, he knows about that Buffalo team. This is what's interesting. Buffalo, all throughout these last couple of years, didn't look so good. In comes Sean McDermott. And by the way, let's get credit because we do not talk about Sean McDermott all the time. We don't. Sean McDermott has got to be one of the most underrated coaches I've seen in the NFL. Very smart-minded. He's an adjuster. And I think he has really shaped up this Buffalo organization. Buffalo took a chance at Josh Allen, a quarterback from Wyoming. And nobody, nobody in high school, nobody in college liked Josh Allen at all. Nobody even paid attention to this kid. I mean, you have to think about it. He goes to a school um, that's within the Mountain West Conference. And everyone in the Mountain West, that's including Boise State, that's including Nevada, Reno, UNLV, all these Mountain West, you know, these conference programs, not as great, right? But yet everybody started telling me, this kid's got a hell of an arm. We're not sure how smart he is as far as completing passes and all this other stuff, but he's got a heck of an arm. I mean, he, he could toss it, but I don't think he'll be that good. Buffalo took a risk and and rolled the dice and they got Josh Allen. Right now, Josh Allen is absolutely putting up MVP caliber numbers. And think about it. There were a couple of quarterbacks all throughout the years. Um, Take, for instance, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, he comes out of a school in Texas Tech in a Big 12 conference. Nobody knew so much about Patrick Mahomes at the time. But they did say he was a really good kid. His father played baseball. He was a ma- he was a major league baseball pitcher. And Patrick Mahomes, gifted with his talents, was not seen as much at all, like in college. But Kansas City took a risk at Patrick Mahomes, and they've won a Super Bowl. He won an MVP, and now he's he's one of the greatest young talents that we've seen in the game currently. That's who Patrick Mahomes has molded himself to be. That's what he's created himself. Josh Allen, I feel like has definitely set the barriers because a kid out of Wyoming that nobody even talks about, nobody even paid attention to, but he comes into the NFL. Mind you, when quarterbacks come in from college, okay, the first thing that they you, you got to evaluate is can they can they adapt to the speed of the NFL? Can they adapt to the hits? Can they adapt to the speed because you're only allowed so much time in the pocket to get the ball out of your hands? And this is what's also interesting. And mind you, coaching has a lot to do with it. Sean McDermott, an underrated coach. He's got really good coordinators on his side. The offense and defense is so well balanced. I can't say enough about what Buffalo has done over the years. I mean, Ed Oliver, um, <clears throat> Tredavis White, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. 
I mean, they've got an awful lot of really good defensive cores. And Buffalo's been working this thing right. It has been a long time since Buffalo's even had a heartbeat in their organization. And I feel like they've definitely found it from here. But the separation of it, because you have to think about it. Think back to the draft. Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, um, those quarterbacks I listed. Okay. Baker Mayfield. His his stock went up by the time he was winning games in his rookie year. But then the stock started to go down, and now the stock is back up again. Now, he could have been a potential bust if he was in a terrible organization with a terrible coaching staff. It could have went wrong for Baker Mayfield. And there are still some questions involved. But after this week's performance with four touchdowns and no picks, I mean, he was playing out of his mind. He was proving a point, and I think Baker Mayfield can win a playoff game. Sam Darnold comes from a USC USC um, program, really good kid, goes to a Jets organization, but the only unfortunate part is they go and get Adam Gase, and his stock went down low. Now he's getting hurt. If he gets traded, I guarantee you his stock will end up going up. And I've been saying this, that I think the Colts would be a beautiful fit for a guy like Sam Darnold. But he's got to get the hell out of the Jets. He's got to get out of there. Josh Rosen. Okay, Josh Rosen. They ran and raved about this kid in UCLA. Goes to Arizona. One year, it doesn't even work. They just dump him off. They dump him off. Goes to Miami. Still doesn't work. We don't even know if he's still going to have a job in the NFL. We don't even know that. Right now, he's currently backing up Tom Brady in Tampa. But I don't know if he's ever going to have a future job as an NFL quarterback. Then you've got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, people had their questions. People had their reservations about him. You know, because of his speed, his throwing arm, all this stuff. But he's lucky enough he has John Harbaugh and a couple of coaches there. You know, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. He worked with Kaepernick in the past, looks at Lamar Jackson. And, you know, now it's kind of shaky because of the fact of they seem predictable. They're so one-dimensional. But... Only time will tell. But if I had to think of two, you know, of, of a quarterbacks that have been successful, I mean, at least three. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and clearly Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, they never spoke so much about him in Wyoming at all. Never gave him credit. High school didn't even, there was no attention for him in high school. College, Goes to Wyoming, not a big conference. They don't pay attention much. But the second he got into the NFL, he has become a sensation. I mean, Sean McDermott and the rest of the coaching staff all had something to do with it. Because the NFL is a coach's league. And coaching matters in this league. It very much does. And I think Josh Allen, he's been blessed enough to have the coaching staff he has. 
Sean McDermott of Andy Reid's tree. Most underrated coach in the NFL. Really good defense. Really good offense. I mean, hell, they rolled the dice and go and get Stefan Diggs. Now they've got an even bigger offense. I mean, I, 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 I think he's elite. Because separating from what he was in college to where he is in the NFL, his ceiling is much higher in the NFL than probably what it would have been in college. I really think that. I think he's become an elite quarterback. He's putting up MVP caliber numbers. I mean, last night, what you saw right there, that was literally like that was literally Mahomes-like type of play. I mean, my God. He threw the ball, you know, he threw the ball at least 40 times last night and completed at least 32 of them, 32 of 40, almost over 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. The kid's playing out of his mind. And I think Buffalo, they needed a heartbeat in their organization. And I believe they found one. And again, I know a lot of people have questions because of last year's playoff performance he had. But I'm going to guarantee you, they he needed that. Josh Allen needed that. I think to me personally, we'll see what the playoffs show because he needed to have that experience. But I think if Josh Allen, if he's a quarterback that wins two, wins at least two playoff games, I don't know, maybe we might have to be so... I'm, I may have to put my chips in... in <laughs> I may have to put my chips in in Buffalo here. Uh, coming up next, there's a lot of stuff that's brewing up in Philadelphia. And it's hurting really bad. No pun intended. It's hurting really bad. And they've got a tough decision to make. And I've got a lot to say about that one coming up next. Also, I think we should be appreciating one coach who has been doing this for years and years and years. And he showed up against a team that was absolutely unprepared. I'll explain who that is and why he should be getting more of the appreciation coming up next. Um, for all of my fantasy champions up out there, whether it's sports fantasy, e-sports e fantasy, if you guys are looking to earn some hard-earned cash, especially with all the pool plays, well, there's definitely a place for you called ThriveFantasy.com. If you go online or if you sign up today through the app, use promo code SSNetwork. That is short for Spotlight Sports Network. When you put in your deposit of 20 bucks, Thrive Fantasy promises to match it to 50 bucks a play. And when you go online, there are pool plays from Roto to head-to-head matchups, all sorts of them. You could win up to 15 grand in each of those pool plays every week. And they've always got something. We got NBA around the corner. And of course, we've also got we've also got golf. We got a lot of esports. Definitely sign up for Thrive Fantasy today. Promo code SS Network and get started on playing playing today, fantasy champs.
So as you guys have checked out as well, and of course I'm wearing my gear, my hat and t-shirt. All these look so, so good. But if you want to get your hands on some merchandise, whether it's hats, t-shirts, hoodies, masks, and we've even got some cell phone covers, we got all sorts of stuff. Go online to the spotlightsportsnetwork.com. There's a merchandise section the second you open up. Um, check it out. We've got lots of great stuff. We've got all of your favorite shows here on the network to rep up, or if you want to rep the network as a whole, we got it all for you guys just by going on to spotlightsportsnetwork.com forward slash merch. And of course, the distributor is under Spreadshirt. So definitely check these guys, check them out, guys, and definitely rep for your favorite shows here up on the network. We really do appreciate it. So, um, you know, th this has been a, such an interesting season. I mean, you're looking at right now. I mean, look, I said this about this year <clears throat> as we're here in the last month of December. And I hope all of you guys are enjoying the holiday season. I'm feeling a little jolly myself. And, you know, I'm hoping that we end this year on a good note, but hoping next year is going to bring us a lot of positivities. But I truly do believe 2020 speaking has given not just myself, but a lot of us 2020 vision into seeing the truths of what's been happening with maybe certain parts in life, maybe in business, maybe in, <laughs> obviously we've been looking at polit politicians because I mean, think about it. I mean, we've had the, you know, we've had the election, we've had all this stuff. So it's really kind of opened our eyes of what we've seen all throughout this year. But I will tell you one thing that I have seen very, very differently this year. So the Philadelphia Eagles, Philly right now is a mess. It's an absolute mess. And I don't know what the problem of it is. Everybody seems to be trying to figure out what the problem is. Is it the coaching staff? Is it the quarterback? We don't know what it may be. But, you know, Sunday, they were playing the Green Bay Packers. And Carson Wentz gets sacked a bunch of times. Not as accurate. Too much pressure on his shoulders. So Doug Peterson decides to bench Carson Wentz and go with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, you know, it was a heck of a showing because, uh, you know, originally you had the punt return from Jalen Rigor and goes and returns it for a touchdown. But, um, but this, but this was what I had seen from, J from Jalen Hurts. And I think this is very interesting of what now the Eagles have to do for their future. Because right now there is a lot of buzz with Carson Wentz and the coaching staff and so much more. But Jalen Hurts, 5 of 12, 109 passing yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So apparently he's capable of making the throws. But Philadelphia is trapped at this point because you pay Carson Wentz X amount of dollars. Mind you, if... It, it, Here's the thing. If Carson Wentz is not on the roster for next season, the Philadelphia Eagles 
have to eat up $59 million of that cap. They have to eat it because that, and that's where, that's where the, the serious trap is at for the Eagles. And yeah. And, and a lot of it, you know, listen, Doug Peterson, I like him, but there have been times where he's been making mistakes, but then of course, but here's the thing. This is where you have to really evaluate from the top of the totem pole, because of course the ownership, great ownership, the culture, everything. I mean, shoot, there's not a day where you go into Philadelphia and you don't live and breathe Eagles football. That's just what the culture in Philadelphia has always been. And the ownership has been great with the culture. But you're looking at Jeffrey Lurie, um, Howie Roseman, the general manager, and then, of course, you got Doug Peterson, the head coach. Because right now, the heat, the tension that's happening right now is with Howie Roseman. Because if you think about it, the last couple of drafts that the Philadelphia Eagles have had, they haven't gotten the top-tier players out of college. And think about it. They had opportunities of different receivers. They could have got Justin Jefferson, but instead they settled for Jalen Rigor. Now, I'm not saying Rigor is not a good wide receiver. I think he's got a really good future ahead of him. But there were a lot of should have, would have, could haves for Philadelphia in the last couple of drafts. Since 2017, this team had not been the same. And they've been looking back into the past ever since. It's been an, a complete mess. Carson Wentz, he's getting banged up. The offensive line is not healthy. I mean, hell, nobody's healthy. And I don't know if this is just a, you know, a Philadelphia curse or whatever the hell that this seems to be, but Philadelphia just does not look like themselves. Injuries are just piling up. Carson Wentz is not, you know, he's not playing like himself like he was at one point. But where do you really kind of play, pin the blame at? A lot of people will say you pin the blame on Carson, you pin the blame on Doug Peterson, or you pin the blame on Howie Rosen. I don't know. All I know is is that there's going to be some serious decisions to be made in Philadelphia by the offseason. This team's not going to make the playoffs. You've got the Giants and you've got Washington who are clearly building for a bigger and better potential. I mean, my God, the Giants, I underestimated Joe Judge. He can very much coach this team. The defense shaped up great. I think they got a steal in Blake Martinez, in my opinion. I think he has very much become a takeaway machine because anytime that football is coughed up, he's finding it and he's taking it. The Giants are looking better. Washington is looking better. Now, I'll argue and say Washington... I think is going to go out and draft a quarterback. I think they should because right now they're not sold on Dwayne Haskins. I love Alex Smith and it's been a miraculous run for him to get back into the football field, but he's not your future at quarterback. Let's just be honest about this folks. Washington needs new blood. They need new breed. They needed something because they went through a lot of allegations. They went through the name change. They went through everything. Ron Rivera comes in, defense transformed, and they look like a hell of a top-tier team, especially in a division where it's not so great. 
And the only two teams who are suffering for it is Philadelphia and Dallas. Those are the only two teams right now that are really paying the price. And Philadelphia, since the Super Bowl, have never been the same. Constantly looking at that statue of Nick Foles and are constantly, and I see this every time with media, they are constantly looking at that banner as Super Bowl champion. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, it's already been years past. You're still playing the same rerun tape every time. Isn't it about that time that we need something new? I mean, just to get this team going. But it's a mess in Philadelphia. And if they don't get this right, the Giants and Washington, they're the two teams right now that could be the only competitive ones. Forget about Dallas at this point. Jerry Jones is living in his own world. He's hooting and hollering right now. But that's the reality you got to live in. That's the reality you got to live in. Philadelphia, they're so much better than this. And they they need some they need something different. They absolutely need something different, and they need something new. We cannot you cannot afford to continuously look back and think, "Hey, that Philly special it was great." Yeah, that's great and all, but that was years ago. It's time for something new. Time now for the hot press. All right, so this was a big headliner from tonight's game between uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens, but Des Bryant, he went up on Twitter early on. Uh, this was reported from a bunch of pl- from a bunch of people, uh, Adam Schefter, uh, lots of lots and lots of, of big time reporters. But wide receiver Des Bryant, he had surprisingly somehow, some way, was tested positive for COVID. Just 30 minutes before his anticipated reunion with the Dallas Cowboys. And this was pulling him out of warm-ups before the game. Um, and this is what he posted up on Twitter. Tell me why they pull me from warming up so I can go get tested. I tested positive for COVID. The crazy thing is I have the same damn routine. This crap did not does not make sense to me. So after being tested positive for COVID, um, at this point, we just seen a tweet that he may be done. Like he's, he's throwing in the towel, he's calling quits, and that's going to be it. And I don't understand that. I mean, listen, the players, a lot of players have got COVID, but a lot of players have recovered. I don't understand why of just, you know, throwing in the towel. If that was the case, then why it even played this season? It doesn't make any sense for Des Bryant. But, uh, you know, after all that, it, it's been very, very interesting. You know, and, and I, I don't understand that. And Des Bryant has been dying to get back up onto the field. I mean, think about it. Y- you have had, you have had, opportunities. I mean, he comes from Dallas. Dallas then moves on. They needed new wide receivers, goes to New Orleans. He gets hurt, unfortunately, comes to Baltimore. Now he's got COVID and he can't even play. So I don't know. I I, I don't know up to this point. I just think the, you know, the timetables kind of ran out for Des, but 
if that's the decision he makes, that's the decision he makes. But to me, I just like, I, I just think it's ridiculous. I wouldn't have even thrown the rest of the season in the towel. I really would not have. So, but hopefully everything works out better and hopefully Des gets better. But still, I probably, I just think that that was way too early to throw in the towel. I, I really, really do think that. So, um, so of course, Michigan, Michigan football, um, they're talking about potentials to discussing about Jim Harbaugh's future right now. It's not looking great in Michigan. Michigan is just getting boat raced with Ohio state, Michigan state, uh, Wisconsin, there Wisconsin. There are a lot of teams right now that are absolutely just busting through Michigan at this point. Um, but right now, Jim Harbaugh. So what we're seeing is, is that Harbaugh's contract is not up until the end of the 2021 season, but uncertainty around the future and current record of the team had brought more scrutiny as to why an extension hasn't been made public or if that means the two side can't even come to an agreement. So there is a lot of rumor buzz around and, and, and in such, and it's really been looking bad. And right now, Michigan currently has the number 14 recruiting class in the country. And that's, you would think a former quarterback would figure out a quarterback, you know, the quarterback issue for Michigan. But right now, lots and lots of things have not adjusted well for the Wolverines. And it's kind of unfortunate. It's kind of unfortunate right now at this point. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's really kind of laid a laid an egg this year. And in the last couple of years he's played in Michigan, I thought he would be better, but you're looking at Ohio State and Wisconsin and Michigan State. They're they're clearly the better programs in this in this conference of the Big Ten. You know, that's that's kind of just the open truth and reality. So who knows what the future may hold for for Jim Harbaugh at this point, but if you ask me, I, I I think it's kind of said and done from here. All right. So finally, um, so James Harden, the shooting guard, uh, returned back to Houston, and there was a couple of days where he didn't even show up to practice or nothing. From what I was told, um, and I'll you know I'll speak the rest of it from here. What's going on, Valhalla Sports? What's going on, man? Glad to have you back on here. So the whole thing about this is James Harden, you know, he didn't show up to practice from what we're being told. He was spending times at nightclub at nightclubs, parties, not following social distance guidelines. And he doesn't even have an agent right now. His mom's doing more of the, of the work. So it's him and his mom doing more of the work. And it's just kind of being a stressful situation, but the Houston Rockets, James Harden, um, open to being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers and other potential NBA contenders. So they he listed the Sixers as one team. Um, the other ones were the Brooklyn Nets, uh, because he wanted to, you know, he wanted to, you know, set, you know, he wanted to have a big time reunion with uh team with Kevin Durant. And playing with Ky with Kyrie Irving, so originally you had the Brooklyn Nets from there, 
So the, this is going to be very interesting to see what the Houston Rockets do at this point. And James Harden, we know, has not really had a lot of, you know, he, he, he really hasn't made a whole lot of, you know, big time decisions in throughout this whole entire off season. But this is just going to be interesting for Houston, but for these couple of trade pieces and places, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of different trade rumors and whatnot, but if they get a done deal, this is just going to implode for Houston. I already see it coming. All right. So that was your hot press. So I wanted to be able to end that because I want to talk about this. Um, James Harden. I think he's a hell of a player. I think he's a really good scorer. I truly think he, he he's had an impact with Houston and a bunch of places, but he's not a number one. Here's the cases of why he's not number one. Okay. Let's, Forget about all of this stuff from here with the partying and all that. Okay, those are obvious ones. If you're going and partying and you're at nightclubs and you're with everything from there, then that, it's terrible. Uh, dude, I got to know who's in the Dodger picture behind you. That actually, uh, Valhalla, his name was Bill Madlock. He's, a, uh, he's actually a batting instructor out here in the Vegas Valley. Uh, ended up getting the autographs from him. He was a batting champion actually back in the eighties because he played with the Dodgers and he played with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, look him up, Bill Madlock. Really nice guy, man. Great to hang with, and he he teaches you a whole lot of things about proper hitting. Um, I think he's a hell of a hitting coach for sure. But looking at James Harden, yes, the partying in Vegas and Atlanta and the nightclubs and not following social distance guidelines and so much more. There's one of those. It's an obvious knock of why he's not a number one. Okay. You just, you just don't do that. If it were me, I'd show up to practice regardless because right now that Houston's just in a position where I feel like they're going to implode. They already traded uh, Russell Westbrook to Washington for John Wall an injury-prone player who really hasn't had big of an impact at all in this league. I think he's a, I think he's a good player, but most of the time he's been injury-prone. Two, the last couple of years for the Houston Rockets, they were building a lot of potential. I loved with what they were going with. I mean, Chris Paul, James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon and Clint Capella. And then they had a heck of a bench. And this team, honestly, if you think about it, they were a Chris Paul injury away from winning a championship. They could have upset a golden state, but instead when you put the ball in James Harden's hands and you're asking him to be a leader, he gets pressurized very easily. He has voiced that out at times. He's not looking to be a leader, you know, and Daryl Morey, who's now um, one of the bas basketball operators in Philadelphia, which is why the interest is coming from there. And I'll explain about that. But it's the real reason why he's not a number one. Too pressurized, doesn't want to be a leader, and really is a guy that I just think 
you know, throughout all of this, I don't even think, you know, he, he just doesn't have those mental instincts. Granted, you can be a hell of a scorer in this league. It's possible to do so. But just because you're a scorer does not make you a number one. What makes you a number one, look at what LeBron James does. I mean, LeBron James works on his game daily. I mean, granted, he worked out all throughout this year. He's looked slimmer, healthier, much more athletic than where he was in the last couple of years. And in his 17th season, there's never been a better version of LeBron than what we've seen this year. And he's fresh off of a championship. He's fresh off a championship. James Harden, if you want to win championships, man, you've got to step it up a notch. But from what I'm looking at right now with the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, and potentially other teams, whoever they may be, let me just tell you this. Philadelphia, like, look, I like Joel Embiid, but there are times where I feel like he needs to shut his mouth at times and stop complaining and worrying. And just play your game. But Philadelphia is looking much, much better. They got shooters. They drafted shooters. They're doing this thing right. They're actually going the right direction than where they were the last couple of seasons. Because they were getting too much length and size. They weren't getting enough shooters out there that can make three-pointers or make important points within the perimeter and the paint. And it just wasn't looking good for Philly. And here's the other thing, though, too, because you have to look at James Harden. And like, look at Ben Simmons. I wish there was a time that Ben Simmons could just go to practice and just learn how to shoot. But even he can't do that. And so Philadelphia has a serious decision to make when it comes to regards of that. Because after Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, Drew Holiday, um, Trey Burke. Come on. You had shooters all there. Markel Fultz is shooting well in Orlando, surprisingly. But you give up all of these shooters all because of a quote-unquote trust-the-process deal, right? Well, you didn't even have enough time to process these players. That's what's the ridiculous part. What's going on, Colton Henry? But that's why I think right now, Houston, they're they're going to be in a position to implode. They're going to be in a position to implode. It's, it's just not going to look good for them. It's not going to look good for them. And if James Harden leaves, whether he chooses Philadelphia, Brooklyn, or any other places, the Houston Rockets, the front office, is very much going to think back into what, has happened. Why that it is shaped the way that it has, you know, and it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful, but that's the price that you pay. You went and got Russell Westbrook. You forced yourself to trade, um, Clint Capella. And now they're, they're going to implode. That's just what's going to happen. So coming up next, um, playoffs are right there around the corner. I'm going to take a look at this playoff picture because I think at the end of it, 
I think what's going to be interesting, when I look at some of these teams, there are going to be some that I'm going to point out. It's going to be my best for last. But I think there are going to be some teams that I think could be very impactful. And then there are going to be some teams that I think are going to fall short of the wagon. I'm going to explain that here coming up next. What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SSNetwork, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SSNetwork. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SSNetwork. Alrighty, folks. Well, uh, first and foremost, I really do appreciate you guys jumping on by here into this live stream. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'll be back on tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you haven't done so already, like, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all loaded, latest notifications on future and past uh, shows. Um, are you only streaming this on Spotlight Sports Network? Uh, no, actually, I have both the Spotlight Sports Network and, of course, I also have my main channel page, which is the Snake Sports Talk Show. So I have that. Um, I have those all connected here on StreamYard, so I um, so that that way, then I have all of the uh, the episodes. So um, you could check out either one of those if you haven't done so already. Also, and you guys want to end up getting merchandises like this right here that I really do enjoy, go online to the SpotlightSportsNetwork.com go into the merch section and buy yourself some gear. We got a bunch of, we've got a bunch of stuff. We've got a bunch of stuff. there, ready to order hats, t-shirts, hoodies, masks, coffee mugs, and of course, uh, phone case, cell phone cases. We got it all here. Repping your favorite shows and your hosts on the network. And even just repping the network as a whole for all of our faithful and supportive fans about there, wherever you may be. Um, definitely get your guys' gear at spotlightsportsnetwork.com forward slash merch. Um, and also finally, for all of our fantasy football, um, for all of our fantasy champions up out there, wherever you may be far and wide, if you haven't checked out this one app, yeah, I think you guys are going to love it. If you want to end up uh, earning hard-earned cash, go on to thrivefantasy.com. When you sign up and when you go online or download the app, use promo code SSNetwork. That is short for Spotlight Sports Network. And when you put in $20 in your first deposit, Thrive Fantasy promises that they will match it to 50 bucks a play. And you could be winning up to 15 grand in any matchup. That's head-to-head. That's Roto. All sorts of good stuff. It's a lot of fun. And not only just for regular sports, but also for esports as well. So go to thrivefantasy.com and your promo code SS Network and start playing today. Uh, thanks, Colton. I really do appreciate it, man. Thank you for dropping the like, man. I appreciate it. So uh, my best for last, I'm looking at all these teams because right now we've only got four games left of the season and we're ready for playoffs. I'm looking at all of every single one of these teams right now, and there are a lot of competitive ones. So, you know, when I look at what the playoff picture may be, I think it's going to be very, very tight. I think it's going to be interesting, but even at the same time, there's so much that I'm looking into from, from where we stand. Because right now, only two teams have clinched. 
the Chiefs and the Saints. But right now, from where we're seeing it right now, you've got Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee, Cleveland, Miami, Indianapolis. Those are the teams. And then you got the Raiders. That's where you have those teams. And there are a bunch of teams right now in the hunt. You've got the Raiders, the the Ravens, and you've got New England. And New England is still surprisingly in the hunt. And you know what, though? you got to give kudos to Bill Belichick. Belichick has been in this league long enough that no matter what you give him, he's going to make it work. We know Cam Newton is not that flashy. We know that he doesn't have the same arm. He, After the shoulder injury, he has not looked the same. But Bill Belichick, he's, he's made it work. He's made it work. It's crazy. So, um, and then in the NFC East, you have the Saints, Packers, Rams, Giants, um, Seahawks, Buccaneers, Vikings, and then you got Arizona. And there are a couple of teams in the hunt. Chicago, Detroit, Washington, and San Francisco. All of them are there within the hunt. But you do have the Giants and the Redskins fighting for that NFC East title. Um, But yeah, the Saints had clinched. Well, the Saints had already clinched anyway, regardless whether it was with or without Drew Brees. They already clinched. It was a team. Um, freaking Water King. Damn, even after the stream of the amazing My City, this dude still ain't tired yet, bro. You like 50 years old. You oh my god. You've got you've got to have something on me, Water King. I don't know what it is, but I will say this though. It's funny as hell having you in the comments and in the chats. I mean, compared to our one other friend, Damien, Damien Estrada. Gosh, we love our irrelevant friend, but sometimes if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. He just comes up with a bunch of irrelevant stuff. But if I'm looking at all these teams, let's start with the AFC. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee, Cleveland, Miami, the Colts, um, Raiders, Ravens, and the Patriots. All those teams that are there because they're all there in the standings and then they're also in the hunt and in the wild cards because there are three wild card uh, spots. Cleveland, Miami, and Indianapolis. Right now, the Raiders and Baltimore and New England have got to win out all of their games. They have got to win out all of their games. Um, Because I could tell you right now, Indianapolis, their crutch is their defense has been very, very good. Now, the offense could be questionable, but it's interesting. Um, Miami, they got much, much better on their defense. Brian Flores, I will argue he has been one hell of a coach for this Miami, for this Miami team. The defense has gotten better. Um, the question still lies with the quarterback position with Tua and Fitzpatrick, but Mike Gusecki, Devonte Parker, they have a bunch of really good offensive weapons. The Dolphins have been something very, very interesting this year. And then you've got Cleveland, who Cleveland, they have looked much better. I give kudos to Kevin Stefanski this year. He has taken this team 
for as much of a dumpster fire as it has been over the years. Cleveland has never had a better season than this. And Kevin Stefanski has found every single woe that Cleveland has been through. And he's turned those into positives. They know they can't rely on Baker Mayfield all the time, but they've got a hell of a running core with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So if I had to look at teams right now, Pittsburgh's coming off of a big loss, but they're also a team that I think has exposed themselves at the worst time possible because only a bunch of teams are heating up. Look, I don't need to say much about Kansas City. Kansas City is still great. They're still a hell of a team. What's more really left to say about them? Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, has turned it around. I think if Josh Allen can not only win one, but maybe win two playoff games, I think that should rest the conversation that Josh Allen is a much better NFL quarterback than he is as a college quarterback. I think that should rest the case. Tennessee, they're picking the wheels back up. Team's getting a little better. Yes, they were coming off of a loss, but they haven't stopped themselves short. Mike Vrabel is a heck of a coach. He shaped up the defense. The offense has rebounded themselves after the last couple of weeks, and they're, they're getting better. Um, Like I said, Cleveland made the adjustments. They look like a really good team, but... The Raiders, the Ravens, and Baltimore and um, New England, they need to win out all of their games. Can the Raiders do it? I, I think it's a long shot, but I do think they can because they've proven it that they're, they're a threat to Kansas City, and Kansas City does not want to end up facing the Raiders. Not, not one time. After that last loss that the Raiders went through, if they played again for a third time, the Raiders are winning that game. They held Patrick Mahomes to a 50% completion, and it hasn't looked good. But I just feel like the Raiders are an interesting team, but I do feel like they, they could potentially win out the last four games of the season. I think they can. Baltimore, I don't know. I feel like their wheels have kind of fallen short. And for New England... You can only hope for a certain surprise if they win out all of their games. All right, now let's go to the NFC. Saints, Packers, Rams, Giants, Seahawks, Bucks, Vikings, and Cardinals. And then you got Chicago, Detroit, and, and San Francisco. Um, the Saints we know are a tough team. The Saints we know are a tough team. But how much of their momentum are they moving forward in the playoffs? That is yet to be said because we know... New Orleans has gone through the last couple of seasons of series of unfortunate events, and it hasn't looked good for, for their organization. Green Bay, only Green Bay's offense looks great. The defense looks like crap. Okay, that's why they've been putting up 35 points a game, because they know what their limitation is for their defense. That's it. Um. <clears throat> Because they're not a team that likes to take away the football. They really are not. They are not that physical. When they play against a physical defense, I mean, it's lights out for them. And Aaron Rodgers now has to be the savior for Green Bay and has to pick up where they left off. And 
score important points. Because right now, because the defense, they do not look that intimidating. The Rams, I think the Rams are going to be the sneaky team come the the playoffs. I think Sean McVay, I mean, they've been in this position before, but I think he's capable of winning playoff games. They're very much capable of playing. It, it's going to be very interesting. I think the Rams this year has looked much, much better. and just by the look of their offense and their defense and now having Jalen Ramsey in the safety position, <clears throat> this has looked really good. This has looked really, really good. The Giants, listen, the Giants could be very interesting. The defense has gotten better. I think that if they get Daniel Jones back, hoping that he'll eliminate coughing up the football more often, I think the Giants are going to be an interesting threat in the playoffs. I wouldn't sleep on them that easily. Joe Judge has, is a heck of a coach. I think he's shaped up this team very well, and surprisingly in one year. you know. And for a record of five and seven, this team is interesting. This team is very interesting, but I'm liking where the Giants are going. Seattle, I don't know what they are. I thought they fixed their pass rush. I thought after getting Carlos Dunlap, they fixed their pass rush. They're still having issues with it. And you got Jamal Adams, which, okay, they fixed up a hole with their, with their secondary. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Seattle's identity is. They're a good team for as long as Russell Wilson, can, like for as far as Russell Wilson could possibly take him. He's Seattle's franchise, but I just don't know what to think of him at this point because I have no identity. I don't even know if they're that big of a threat. I, I don't even know if they're that big of a threat. I thought they fixed up their, their problems, but they're still having issues with it. And who knows what's, what's in store for them. Tampa. Tampa's a really good defensive team. Todd Bowles has shaped this defense up really, really good. They are one of the top five best defenses in the league. But this, this no risk it, no biscuit thing, it ain't working. It, it's not working. You clearly see the difference between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he's put up good numbers. He's still putting up Tom Brady-like numbers. Okay, but Arians has to understand where Tom sits at this. He's capable of making the plays. He's got all of the weapons, but most of it comes from the play calling. But I think if Arians figures this out, because once playoffs comes around the corner, it's a different, it's a totally different atmosphere. But that's where they. You know, that's that's just where Arians really needs to, to straighten himself up. Um, I mean, look, can we just forget about it with Minnesota? I mean, I, I, I gave up on Kirk Cousins because I just don't know what you're getting out of him. He's literally an any given Sunday type quarterback. You just don't know what you're going to end up getting with Kirk Cousins. I think that's just kind of shot out the door. I love their offense. But the quarterback position, they need to fix that. Arizona, um, 
Kyler Murray has been struggling the last couple of weeks and it hasn't looked good. Listen, you can blame it on anything all you want. I don't care. I've been saying this about Arizona. Their offensive line stinks. The offensive line has been terrible before Kyler Murray arrived. And when Kyler Murray arrived, it still looks like crap. And I think they've got a lot of different offensive potentials. The defense I think is going to be interesting. Still needs a little bit more reshape. But they, they got to get this offensive line figured out because I want to see more of Kyler Murray in the pocket throwing. I mean, he throws a beautiful ball. You know, he's got a hell of an arm strength, especially, you know, from his size. But I just need to see more of it. I want to see more of it. They need to protect him in the pocket and hopefully they figure it out. But if you got all these other teams, Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, you might as well just call it quits. You might as well just call it quits from here. Washington could be interesting, but I just don't think they have the right quarterback. Even if they punch a ticket into the playoffs, just to end it on a positive note, that could be good. But if I'm Washington, I got to go and get a new quarterback. I got to get a play. I got to get a playmaker at quarterback. I got to get somebody who's capable of run, of willing to run this offense because Ron Rivera is a defensive minded guy. He's going to run the defense, but if you get a guy who's smart enough, who can be a playmaker at quarterback. And if you get one more wide receiver next to Terry McLaurin, I think he'd be good. I think he'd be good, but I just feel like my takeaways from some of this, from the NFC, I think new Orleans, the Rams, the giants, potentially Tampa Bay could be serious threats in the playoffs. They could be serious threats. Green Bay will be good, but the defense will be limited. And Minnesota and Arizona, forget about it, but Seattle, Seattle's a big question mark, and it's unfortunate because I love Russell Wilson, but I don't know what they are. In the AFC, you've got Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee, Cleveland, um, Miami, Indianapolis, maybe, and then the Raiders. Those are my only impactful teams from there. New England can try to be impactful, but who knows? Who knows how how far it'll take them? I love Indianapolis's defense, but their offense, who knows what they're bringing out? Pittsburgh, they're a good team, but after these last couple of weeks, I think we're starting to find the hole. I think we're starting to see the hole from here. Alrighty, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for me tonight. Uh, really do appreciate you guys jumping on by here. We'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great night. Have a great week ahead, and we will see you tomorrow. Take care, you guys.